Welcome to Curious Psalms, a podcast where we practice reading and praying this wonderful prayer book of God's people. I'm your host, Matt, and today I'm glad to once again twist the arm of Amy Langle to discuss Psalm 81 with me. This is a really fascinating conversation. I think we both came in with our notes and the conversation went in a direction that neither of us quite expected, but that really flowed out of observations that we both had. We talked about God's lament, about his sorrow. We talked a lot about what it might mean for God to be disappointed in his people and some of the imaginative setting of this psalm. So I really enjoyed it. I feel like I learned a lot about Psalm 81 in this conversation. I hope it's helpful for you. To get us started, here's Amy reading Psalm 81. Sing for joy to God our strength. Shout aloud to the God of Jacob. Begin the music, strike the timbrel, play the melodious harp and lyre. Sound the ram's horn at the new moon, and when the moon is full on the day of our festival. This is a decree from Israel, an ordinance of the God of Jacob. When God went out against Egypt, he established it as a statute for Joseph. I heard an unknown voice say, I removed the burden from their shoulders. Their hands were set free from the basket. In your distress, you called and I rescued you. I answered you out of a thundercloud. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Hear me, my people, and I will warn you, if you would only listen to me, Israel. You shall have no foreign god among you. You shall not worship any god other than me. I am the Lord your God, who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth, and I will fill it. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him and their punishment would last forever. But you would be fed with the finest of wheat, with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. Amy, welcome back to Curious Psalms. Thank you, Matt. You're recently suggesting guests to have <laughs> on the podcast. Yep. To which I responded, why don't you come back? Yep. That did happen. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am. And here you are. <laughs> to talk about just a really a simple, straightforward, <clears throat> run-of-the-mill psalm. Yeah. So do you want to just dive in? <laughs> sure. Sure. Let's start with this question. And for listeners who aren't clear, I was being a little sarcastic because this one has some complexities to it, I think. What stands out to you in reading this psalm? That there were some complexities to it. It's no secret, and I've mentioned this and every other time you've had me, that reading the Bible and the Psalms, it's all new to me. And mm-hmm. so I'm learning as I go. Yeah. And so I had to actually go back and read different parts uh, of the Bible to find out what's going on here. Me and, too. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not alone. But I, I, it was interesting because, you know, it's the way I'm learning, right? Sure. And, and it makes sense for me to go back and read these different stories. And the first thing I think of, and it sounds, I don't know, I just, it's like, what is going on with these Israelites? I mean, why? <laughs> I mean, come on, people. And then when I take a step back and, and like, there's just disappointment in God's voice, he, mm. you know, is feeling betrayed. He's feeling like they aren't following him. They're not doing what they ask or what he's asking of them. And 
then I start thinking about all of us and me and my life and, you know, in ways it's just not any different. Yeah. So, you know, then the depression sinks in. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's like, oh, man, it's like kind of a a stab in the heart a little bit. So I, I, I found this was a very sad psalm. I, I think it's it oh. it just to me it it ends sad. So I mean it, that that's what stood out for me is that I feel like this is an emotional psalm, and not really for the psalmist. Yeah, as much as it is for God. That is really interesting. So just one of the things that I noticed is, and I'm very interested in how these two go together, and I don't know how they do exactly, but it is a festival psalm. Mm-hmm. Right, so that you have the majority of this psalm is in God's voice, but the beginning is all praise and shout aloud and mm-hmm. begin the music, and this is the festival, this is what we're supposed to do, we celebrate God going out to, in Egypt, and it's likely what was called the Festival of Tabernacles, so mm-hmm. where for sort of a week they would sleep out in these temporary shelters to remind them that God brought them in temporary shelter through the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And festivals are typically not, not always, but often celebratory. And in this case, it is about God delivering his people. Yeah. And yet you're right. The tone of, well, the unknown voice Mm -hmm. is what it's named in verse five is very sad. And you use the word disappointed which I think was great. It's like sometimes we see the psalmist lament and here it's like we hear God's lament. That's what it felt like to me. Right? It invites you to kind of start picturing the festival scene, it feels like to me. Mm -hmm. Like the music is picking up, the musicians are all there. And then suddenly it's, it's almost like it gets interrupted. I don't know. It's like a bunch of people are celebrating the 4th of July and then a voice comes over the PA and then it's like George Washington or something saying like, this is not what we wanted for our country. And you're like, oh, no. Like, right. I mean, that's that's a silly example, but it feels like the whole flow of the festival right. is interrupted in a really interesting way in this psalm. Yeah. So as it starts off, these are Israelites that are at this festival, right? Is that... Am I reading that correctly? Yes. Yeah. It would I have mean, been a festival. It would have been Israel's, one of Israel's one festivals. One of Israel's festivals. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're singing, they're dancing. I learned that a timbrel is a tambourine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which then also they say means that there's most likely dancing involved. Makes sense. I Some kind of that. beat. Yep. Yep. And they're celebrating or they're, you know, they're honoring God is by singing out loud and and yeah. dancing and but these are people that don't follow him yeah that's the irony isn't it yeah yeah i mean there has to be some of some people that followed him everyone i mean but it's it's saying that all or the majority of these people were not doing what he asked are not actually listening mm-hmm. yeah 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 not actually submitting right yeah, the biblical story always has a space for a remnant, right, of people who are faithful. But you're right, the the indictment on the people is pretty universal here. Yeah. And, you know, I the psalm doesn't give us enough to say whether it's recounting one particular event, but it invites us c- kind of to imagine right. it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether, whether this exactly happened in this way or whether it is sort of a, a prophetic word that's come to someone that now they're sharing. Right. It feels like the 
the opening of the psalm invites us to envision this scene. And yeah, the irony of here's a people who are all about to celebrate, whom God's about to say, you're not, you're not even listening to me, Mm-mm. the one who you claim to be celebrating. It's quite something. I hadn't quite thought about it that way. Like yeah. That. Shall we move on to our next question? Sure. We hear a lot from God in this psalm. So yeah. what do we learn about God or enc- how do we encounter God in this psalm? So we watch The Chosen. What The Chosen does for me, though, is it, I- I'm a visual person. Sure. Okay, so the chosen, the actor who plays Jesus. We should say the chosen is I'm a, sorry. Is a yes. television series that uh, PBS, tells the story right? of Jesus. Pub- it's public. Actually, is it I, not PBS? No, I think it's a private. It's uh, Angel Studios. I think. Oh, that okay. has done it. You're right. So the actor that portrays Jesus is he's soft spoken. He can his voice can be loud. But he's soft-spoken in in my mind. The way that he talks to people, the way that he even is preaching, he's that kind of thing is 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 loud, but not like stern okay. or firm. So going into this psalm, I I have this visual in my mind, and I have this voice in my mind yeah. of of the tone yeah. that that God has. But when reading this, I'm like, he, like, he's upset and he is, he, like, I used the word disappointed before, but he feels, he feels rejected, betrayed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got them out of Egypt, mm-hmm. away from slavery, and they still aren't doing what he is asking of them. Right. And so for the first time, in my mind and what I feel like I learned is that he also has these strong emotions and can feel disappointment. Mm. He can feel, you know, he's, he's sad about things. He can, he can be disappointed yet. He also can walk away or let go if you will, and let people make their mistakes and allow them to go do their thing but he will still continue to ask them to come back and mm-hmm. to follow him. Yeah. It's like he doesn't go anywhere, but he has emotion, which I knew he had emotion before, but it's like it's like the, it's like another level for me for some reason. Huh. If that makes sense. Like I know I know that God's disappointed when when I assume God's, God's disappointed when we do things that are not when we're not following what, you know, not living our lives the way that we're supposed to be living our lives. Yeah. Or that I think that he would want us to be living our lives. Yeah. But to what level is there that, I keep going back to disappointment and maybe that's just a a, a wrong word. I'm really interested by this word disappointment. I know. I don't think it's wrong, but I think we probably, a lot of us, I... Listeners have baggage when it comes to the word disappointment. Well, as I'm talking, I have to agree with you. So do I. Yeah. But if you read this psalm, let me try this this on for size and you, you tell me if you think it resonates. Okay. He has, we have this most significant per- part, maybe verse 11 mm-hmm. and 12 is really where he's describing sort of the, the problem. Mm-hmm. With Israel, but my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. 
So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. That's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. He kind of is like, okay, you go your way. And it's like almost like his judgment is wrapped up in just letting them do that. Then then I really think you hear the disappointment in the next four verses. If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him and their punishment would last forever. And in the last verse, but you would be fed with the finest of wheat, with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there is this real significant tone of disappointment in this psalm. But the disappointment is fundamentally about the fact that God cannot bless these people the way he wants to. As opposed to, I am disappointed in you <laughs> because you yeah. you have failed. Like, I think that's often how we talk about disappointment. Right. And I'm not sure the psalm is necessarily leading us all the way in that direction. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost, I mean, yes, we could say in some sense that God wishes, he clearly wishes that his people were following him. Right. But... The lament is almost like how I wish I could pour out these blessings, how I wish I could draw honey from the rock for you and give you the sweetest, the best grain of the field, right? This is my longing. And yet, because you have chosen this path, I will let you go down that path. But it's not the path of blessing. Like, I long for blessing for you. I'm so disappointed you're not choosing that. It's a very different framework of disappointment than... Well, when we think maybe of sort of parental sure. <laughs> disappointment of, you know, you've disappointed me. That was, those are the worst words. Right? Ever. Aren't they? Oh, it's <laughs> Aren't awful. They? But I wonder if the psalm invites us to a bigger perspective of disappointment. Sure. Not just like, oh, you've let, not like, nice job, Amy. Nice job, Israel. You guys have let down God again. Right. It's, oh, but like, if you could only see how much more there is for you that God is longing to give you. Right. Like that, that's, that's part of the lament of God in the psalm. What do you think about that? Well, I think that you're right looking at it that he's disappointed that he can't he can't I'm not sure what words you use but bless oh, them. Bless them. Yeah. Overall the oh, he he still calls them my people. You know, yeah. my pe- <laughs> right, my right, people yeah. of Israel, right? Mm-hmm. But as the reader and someone that someone that you know, I don't like to disappoint people. I don't, I, it, it breaks my heart when I see people are disappointed, mm-hmm. not even if I'm even in part of the conversation, but <laughs> like, I just think that is such a strong emotion Yeah. that you're right. I, as the reader, I am looking at it and, and having a more probably a personal effect than looking at it as the overall. So I, I, I think that you're right. Yeah. Hmm. I think there can certainly be some both and here, but I do find that the that the place the psalm it, like its landing place is primarily about God's longing to bless His people. Yeah, not about His now disappointed anger and coming judgment. There's plenty of right. places in the Bible where He does that. This psalm doesn't seem to do that. That is where it feels sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Not mad. Uh huh. Or angry, but it feels sad to me. Yeah, it is. I guess. Yeah. It is. I don't know. It just it. It's kind of tragic. Is one way to think about it, right? Like the psalm shows us a people. Well, a people who are like the musical instruments are out. They're ready to celebrate, and yet they're missing out. Yeah. On a whole kind of celebration that they could have. Yeah. If they were. To listen. I mean, there's so many. There's so many. I mean, we could think of so many times that that happens in everyday life. Sure. Too. People miss out on things because of having their own judgment or stubbornness. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah. And it feels like that's what's happening here. Yeah. And it's, yeah, just to underscore again, I'm, I'm struck by it. it's God's longing for their good mm-hmm. that is in view here far more than it is sort of, I brought you out of Egypt and you didn't even say thank you. Right. Right. And now I'm pretty upset about that. Yeah. It's like the sorrow of, oh, I like I brought like one way to put it is I freed you from being slaves for freedom. And now you are just following your own devices. You're going to return to the very things that enslaved you in some sense. Right. And I'm like, that's just so sad. It's so disappointing. Yeah. When I first read, I'll be honest, when I first started reading this, the reaction I had was, this is what I did for you. Why aren't you doing this for me? Sure. Which I know that's not how God works. Yeah. But that's how I was looking at it at first. And that's where, you know, I can use the words anger or even the word disappointment or, you know, any of those words. But when you really look into it, you know, they he uses the analogy of, you know, open your mouth, I will feed you. But like, it's more than just that, right? It's, yeah, it's, I will give you so much. Well, even that line, that's verse 10. Yeah, it's a perfect place to look at. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. And it doesn't then say, so you better worship me or give me what I'm owed. His response then is, mm-hmm. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. Yep. Like, I want to give you the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, this is, well, this is what I love about these conversations because I hadn't really thought about this framing of the psalm before talking with you. I do think a lot of people as Christians even have this view of God that it's very much, okay, Jesus did this for me, mm-hmm. so now I owe God this. And like, here's the expectations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. sort of, okay, the bar is set very high. He did something really, really good for me. Mm-hmm. So now I have to be really, really good for him. And so then if I'm not, then he's fundamentally disappointed with me. Mm-hmm. And instead, this view of God as sort of, Really, I think you get the parental image here of the loving father who says, yes, I did this for you because I love you. And now I've shown you a path to walk because I want you to flourish. And when you move off that path, I don't stop loving you. I just want you to flourish. Yeah. Like, And it's just a very different way to think about God's kind of disposition towards us. But maybe a more hopeful one, too. Then suddenly now I have yeah, to sort of earn, earn my place. Well, shall we talk about our last question? Sure. How does this psalm help you to pray? Well, when you're in prayer, if you feel like you are, or if I feel like I am strained, or I feel like I'm off my path of living my life the way that I think I should be living my life, that God would want me to, to ask for his, ask for his help, ask for him Mm -hmm. to guide me, to put me back to where I need to be focused on being a good Christian, being, you know, living my life with grace, living my life the way that I know he is wanting me to live my life. Mm. I mean, he gives me all the tools and, you know, sometimes we stray. Yeah, right. It goes back to what you were saying I know. earlier, right, about I it. Know. The Israelites, ah, oh, these Israelites. I mean, I, ah, was, I just couldn't believe. It's I me. Just, yeah, I'm like, what? What is going on with these people? Yeah. You know, like, why, why, why? You know, it's so easy, right? But mm. then, you know, I I look at my life 
10 years ago, 20 years ago. I look at even how I am day to day. Right. Yesterday. Yesterday, this morning. I mean, it's just, you can just get off path. But I mean, it's just, you know, and I think that, I mean, every day that that could be a prayer. Right. One of the things that stood out to me in this psalm is, you know, God's voice is here and there throughout the psalms explicitly. I think it's Mm -hmm. like Psalm 46, be still and know that I'm God. And there's other psalms as well that we've talked about in the past, but this is a long speech from God. Mm-hmm. And this psalm is unlike, it's not a psalm that you just sit down and pray. You know, right. many of the psalms you sort of sit down, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Mm-hmm. Like, that becomes your prayer, right? Right. Deliver me, you know, you are my rock and my refuge. Like, those mm-hmm. can just sort of become your prayers. Psalm 81, not so much. <laughs> right. Because it's mostly God talking. But it reminded me of something that people say kind of, I think, pretty regularly about prayer, but they can also kind of just kind of gloss by us is that this is the conversational nature of prayer Mm -hmm. and that what God longs for is a people not who pray, but who listen in this psalm. I mean, he longs for us to pray, but he longs for the the listening. And in listening there, I think part of it is the attitude of listening. The posture of listening has always got to be one of submission. Mm -hmm. You don't get to talk and listen at the same time <laughs> like you right you have to sit there and receive right and i'm not i'm no good at this i that, that's why i do a podcast about this so you know i can hopefully learn and grow <laughs> but like okay what would my prayer life look like if i if i gave actually significant space to listening sure and not not just being quiet although that's that's good and silence itself is good but ha- actively trying to listen to what god might be might be saying yeah so yeah, that this psalm made me think think of that more than anything. Yeah, this is this was a great psalm. I mean, I appreciate you asking me to do the podcast on Psalm eighty one. I mean, I you know I hesitate at the beginning because it's foreign to me, but I really I really liked this one. Yeah, well, there's a lot in here, and you've helped unpack a lot of it for us. So thank you. You're welcome. Well, Amy, until next time, Psalm eighty two. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, let. Let's conclude with the opening of the psalm. And I think that's, a, in some ways, a fitting landing place because what God is longing for is his people to be able to enter this celebration of joy fully, knowing his deliverance. Do you need me to go get my tambourine? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> you can just accompany me here. <laughs> Sing for joy to God our strength. Shout aloud to the God of Jacob. Begin the music. Strike the timbrel or the tambourine. Play the melodious harp and lyre. Friends, Go out and pray the Psalms. Mm-hmm.